Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. Sherry, we are back in the studio again. This is a new episode. Yes. Yeah, episode 49. I know. There's one more episode. The big 5 is coming. Yeah. We've been at this for two years. That's awesome. Like, it doesn't even feel like two years. I know. Which is crazy, because if you think about it, we've been around as long as the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We started right before the pandemic The January started. before yeah. the pandemic did. Yeah. Hmm. That means we're COVID strong? Uh, yeah. Is that? We can survive a pandemic. <laughs> we, so far, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Touche, Joe. Touche. You know what I meant, though. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but we're back, and uh, we got a cool episode this week. But what's what's been going on, Cherry? What's new? My daughter is hoarding some really cool technology at home, and it's making me mad. I love technology. So my, my child, who is 20, <laughs> has herself this Oculus thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that she came into possession of. I shouldn't say it like that. It sounds like she stole it. She yeah, didn't steal yeah. it. Yeah, it fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> my, I'm just, I guess... She doesn't share it with me. She let me try it once. I played this game called like Beat Saber, which uh-huh. was super yeah. cool. Super fun. And she's never let me use it again. Yeah. It's rude. It's a, it's a little rude, but I totally understand. Like, right. I, I've, I've played VR a few times. I went and I invested this weekend in a, in a headset. It should be here uh, shortly. And uh, those games are a lot of fun. They are fun. I know our service members love to play video games on their free time and stuff like that. And VR, I think, is the next level. I can't wait till we do the VR and I can VR into your game and, like, fight you in a game. Yes. Yes. Right? Like, the the technology's there. Like, it's it's got to be. It's totally there. I mean, I'm not smart enough for it. Uh, but it's there. Somebody but, out there's already figured it out. Oh, yeah. Like, I can tell you, like, we can think about it right now and talk about it right now, but somebody's been thinking about this for years. Zuckerberg and, and Gates are probably already playing the game. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have their little test model at the house, and they're playing it, and they're like, okay, this is the next big thing. Right. And that's where whole meta is coming from, the whole metaverse. Because yeah. that's where we're going to go. And I think, honestly, look at, like, going back to the pandemic, look at the last few years of reducing travel and reducing in-person stuff. We're doing a lot more teleconferencing through the different platforms that we're using. Zoom was a thing for a minute. Well, Zoom's still a thing, but DOD, it's not. For DOD, not so much. Teams. Um, Yeah, we we use Teams. Yeah. But if you think about VR and the way VR can be used... I, that could be the next level of tele of like um, teleconferencing. Like we're never going to leave our homes. We're just going to put on our little headsets. Put on helmets. Yeah. <laughs> I just see Joe like pop up like a Star Wars hologram in front of me, and and <laughs> that's bo- it. The boss will have to remind you when you're teleconferencing, use your real avatar, <laughs> not your Star Wars skins. <laughs> Because that's going to happen. That's going to be a thing. Somebody's going to log in with the wrong account, and they're going to show up as Princess Leia. Well, like that guy on Zoom who was in a court thing, and he turned himself into a cat and didn't <laughs> have to turn it off. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, man. Oh, so good. It's, it's great where technology is going. And, and it's great to see how it can be used to make life easier during, during tough times like this. Yes. Yeah. Well, Joe, we're, we're, we're living in, in, in the year, you know, 3050 right now, but we should probably bring it back to 2022 <laughs> and, and the, the stuff that we're dealing with here, yeah. weather. Weather on the horizon, folks. Again. Yeah. 
So probably through the month of February into March. Yeah, that's our that's our that looks like our, our normal sweet window. Spot. Yeah, where the where the snow decides it wants to stop in. And and remember, folks, keep an eye on our social media on our website. Our social media is an official communications channel. We will post everything the night prior to any big events if we can. Like we're going to do our best to make sure all that information is out to you in a timely manner so you can plan your next day trip. But keep in mind, like the day we're recording this, we made a call the night before and we reevaluated the weather the morning of and we didn't have to make another call, but... We do that. We're keeping track, not just after we make the call, just throughout the days to make sure that we keep everybody as safe as possible and make sure we're making the right calls. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on our social media and our website. Yep, absolutely. And we do push it out on on the news as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. but we don't get as much room to describe everything. So if you see like some sort of status there, definitely check the website or social media. That way you know fully what you have to do. Um, because uh, Colonel Nyland, the garrison commander, I think he's making it a lot easier to plan for these weather events oh, it's by definitely... doing it the night before and making a call, and that way people have a little bit more prep time because we got people driving from all over the place, five different yep. states. Some people take an hour or so to drive in here. So yeah, think, thinking, of, thinking of all those folks when these decisions are being made, not just the folks right around the fort here. So. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, remember that. Like, just because it might be a little nicer around the base doesn't mean, you know, we're not keeping track of the people living surrounding areas. Because like, like Sherry just said, I, I live an hour away. I don't mind driving in. It's not a problem. That's what we do. Yeah. But when it's bad where I live, it's, it's hard to do that. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. And remember, childcare is a big ticket item for a lot of people. So if their schools are closed where they live, they have to stay home and take care of their kids. So, you know, keep things yeah. like that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Take take home your laptops. Yes. If, if the weather's coming, because the telework option is usually on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So usually... Not always, but, you know, just yeah. be prepared and things like that. And we've gotten through these first couple of storms, I think, pretty pretty yeah. good. I think they've, they've gone pretty well. Uh, last, uh, when this episode airs, it'll be about two weeks prior. We had some good snow come down, mm-hmm. some pretty good snow. And I, I know my kids had a ton of fun. <laughs> I think, were, I think they're loving all the snow. Every time we get snow where we live, we they build little ramps and they go sledding down the ramp. Like it's just great. We have this tiny little hill behind us. And for us as adults, we're like, oh, that's such a tiny hill. But I look at them and they, for them, it's like a mountain and they love it. So where I grew up in Pennsylvania, like when you're saying that, I was thinking about the, where I sled, where I used to sled ride in Pennsylvania and it really was a mountain. Nice. And sometimes I go back and I'm like, how did we not all die on this hill? Where were my parents at? It was a different time. It, <laughs> It sure was. It sure was. Oh, my goodness. We didn't have helmets. We just went I have crazy. nothing. Half the time, I don't even think my parents knew where I was. You know, yeah. they just knew I was out playing, and I was back on this mountain with my older siblings and going down this hill. And, um, well, you know, it's probably where I got my love of, like, roller coasters and yep. fast things and, you know, all that good stuff. So, oh, memory lane. Yeah. And more snow coming, so our kids will have more fun. I probably wouldn't go down those hills today. No, not, not even remotely. Not at this tender age. <laughs> <laughs> After oh. my time in the Army, yeah, I, I just don't have it in me to go down a hill anymore. 
<laughs> if anything, I'm, it's just going downhill anyway. So. <laughs> and you're not going to get back up at the bottom. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, um, I have to say I am really excited about today's guest. Yes. Um, so today we are talking to John Macbeth. He's a member of the Fort Meade Alliance Board, mm-hmm. and he's here talking to us about the Coon Hall Project. So if you are driving on base and you're going down Llewellyn and there's that building across from the headquarters that's under construction, that's Coon Hall. That's going to be our new Education and Resiliency Center. And you're going to be able to go there and find all sorts of things. Take classes for, you know, certifications that you need for promotion. Um, Take college education classes. Spouses can go there. Service members, veterans, civilians, anybody who really has access to the fort can go in there and get a benefit from it. And that building will open this summer, early fall. Which is amazing. It's been like, it's been years in the process. And this is a -a one-of-a-kind project. We are the first installation, as far as I know, to do something like this. But anyways, part of this whole project is this uh, resiliency portal Mm -hmm. that's out there. Which is great because it actually, you can come in, you can go on the installation in different locations, and we'll talk about that during the episode, but there's going to be kiosks located around the base, and you'll be able to access this resiliency portal from those kiosks. And another great thing he'll mention later on is that you can also access this from home or on your mobile device. So this new resiliency portal is great. It's important. It's going to offer a lot of resources to our service members, our veterans, our civilians, our family members, everybody associated with the, with the installation. Yeah. And so here's John Macbeth with the Fort Meade Alliance Board to tell us all about the resiliency portal and give us an update on Coon Hall. Well, thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for having me, Joe and Sherry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I got to know, how did the idea for the resiliency portal come to be? Well, back in the day when they were planning for the resiliency center, one of the tasks was to collect information on the resources that were available on the base. And what they found as they collected this list was they felt like they had a list that nobody else had. And right. it was way more information than they expected. And it was probably just the beginning and that there would be more resources available as time went on. And so they, they, then they started asking themselves, well, how do we capture this information and how mm-hmm. do we make it available to, to the folks on base and in the community? And that's when the idea of the kiosk was born. Interesting, yeah. Well, and this, and this whole project started about 10-plus years ago because right. I feel like I've been saying 10 years for a couple years now, so we're probably yeah. more at like the 12- or 13-year mark for when this whole concept of the education and resiliency came to be. Why did you decide to become a part of the Coon Hall Project and take on this idea of the resiliency portal and these physical kiosks? Yeah, that's a really good question. So a little bit about my background. I was the president and CEO of a mid-sized company uh, based here in Annapolis Junction called Next Century Corporation. And we're a technology company. And like most companies, you know, we felt an obligation to give back to the community in some way. And we did that in a variety of ways. But then one day I heard about the, uh, this, this thing called the Fort Meade Alliance. And so I started sort of asking some of my buddies in the industry, what, mm-hmm. what's, what is this right. all about? What's, you know, does it do really important things? Because we wanted to get involved in things that did stuff that mattered. Yeah. Right. 
It's like that whole corporate responsibility. Correct. Idea. I love right. that. Yeah. Love that. And so what I heard back from, you know, my colleagues was, hey, this is a really good organization. So I joined. We joined. Uh, and Next Century became one of the member companies. And almost immediately after joining, we started hearing about this Coon Hall project. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and I kept thinking, wow, this is, if, if this is what they say it's going to be, this is going to be something really significant. Yeah. And so... Uh, we, we learned more and more about it. And in one of the conversations, one of the committee meetings, the kiosk came up. And they started talking about they were going to need a software company to help develop the software for the kiosk, the framework yes. yeah. within yep. which this information would reside. And I thought to myself, well, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what Next Century <laughs> does. Fit. Yeah. So I went back and I talked to the leadership team, and they were all in. They said, absolutely, we can do this. And so that's how we, uh, we came back and said, we will develop the software framework for, for this project. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And we did it using, uh, we used summer interns and some of our software developers to do the work. I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking about that. I remember, <clears throat> well, a couple of years ago at this point, uh, two young interns were were a big part of this project in developing that software. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and they're they, very, very proud of the work they did. Too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, they, yeah. They should. Yeah. They absolutely should be. They, yeah. they did some great work. Yeah. And I don't think that the project or the product has evolved too much from their initial vision, which is really cool, too. Yeah. That's right. That yeah. their initial work is the core of the project is really yes. nice. Yes. It's really yeah. good to see. Um, so... I got to ask, um, what factors did you keep in mind when you were creating the portal or when they were creating the portal? Yeah, there were there were actually several things. Uh, the first is it had to. Well, one of the one of the core competencies of Next Century is that we build software that is very usable. Mm -hmm. You know, and the, the idea is that no training is required to use the software that we develop, kind of like we all experience on our on our cell phones these right. days. And so we brought that skill to the table so that it would be extremely intuitive, very pleasing to the eye. You know, the, all the issues around fonts and colors and, you know, imagery and so forth, we brought that to the table. And that was an important part of the project. So that was number one. Uh, number two, it had to be built in a way that the committee, the military and family committee, could maintain the content and update the content. Because as we talked about, it's going to evolve over time. Of course. So it had to be managed by non-developers. Yes. And so that was the second one. And oh, then the third thank one Thank you was, for that. <laughs> yeah. And then the third was uh, one that you might not think about, but we wanted to respect the privacy of the users. Yes. And so the system has been developed such that you don't give any of your personal information to the system. Right. All of the information flows from the system to you, uh, even to the point on the kiosk, which is one instance of the system. Uh, once you do your searches and find the resource that you're interested, there's a QR code on the screen, and you just put your cell phone up to it, take a picture of the QR code, and you walk away with the information that you need without having given any information to the system. That's so privacy was a big big issue for right. us. Well, and just a lot of um, a lot of folks on this installation with the work they do, privacy is a huge concern. Yep. And, you know, depending on what you're looking up, you don't want somebody on the back end just saying, oh, 
Joe Nieves was looking at, you know, like looking at this resource mm-hmm. today or whatever. Yeah, exactly. it's, you know, people take a lot of pride in their privacy and that's awesome. And now, you know, I sat in on those committee meetings trying to figure out how that was going to work. And as a non-software developer at all, I was completely fascinated of the effort and the things you have to consider yeah. in creating that. And ultimately, um, I think it turned out pretty darn perfect. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say, as, as prior military and as somebody who has had to work with software for the military that was purchased from other organizations, hearing the not needing training to be able to manage the software or to manage the program that's needed in case there's updates or something like that, being able to to pick it up and use it easily is a very important thing for service members because what a lot of people don't really get is sometimes we're given a project and we're told, here, do this, and we're not told how to. We're just told to, and we do it. Like, that's our job. It's to figure <laughs> it out and get it done. So to hear that you guys built it in a way where it's easy to, to pick up and use is refreshing because I know some soldiers out there right now, like, I know I'm going to have to fix this one day or, or work with it one day. It's really great to hear. So we talked about ease of use, and we kind of touched on on this next question a few minutes ago, why is this resource different from all the other resources out there? Um, especially in the military, um, as a mm-hmm. spouse, as a veteran, as an active duty service member, uh, Joe, we see we see all sorts of resources. All kinds, yeah. There, there's sometimes there's like an an overwhelming amount of resources. What makes this one different? Yeah, that's excuse me. That's. Um, that was also an important discussion yes, in, in the develop of, of the kiosk and the software for it. But uh, the whole idea was there were a number of focus groups held. Uh, I think there were five mm-hmm. where military personnel and people on the base came and they were asked, yes. what information do you need? What, how can we help you when you get PCS here to the base, you know, what are the issues that you deal with? And, uh, and the team very carefully listened to the responses to those questions, and provided the resources that answered those questions. So, that, so that's probably the most important part of it. Um, right. And then um, it's not like you do a search on Google, mm-hmm. and w- what the results you get are sorted based on who's paid the most advertising. Right. 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 This is all not-for-profit, publicly available resources. There's nobody getting any benefit from this other than the users. That's right. fantastic. So. And, and I love two things about this. One, just I want to kind of reiterate the fact that when this was being developed, those focus groups consisted of Fort Meade families, Fort Meade service members, Fort Meade communities. So this is a, this is a product of that. And, and I, I know personally that when this was developed that you took everything that was said into it. We had big discussions about how is this resource any better, any different than any other one? Um, and those focus groups were really huge help, and it was great that, obviously, the people who are going to use it got to participate. Yeah. The other really cool thing about this is, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's broken down into those five pillars of resiliency. But the really great thing about it is the Fort Meade population here is 67,000 strong. These resources are not just the resources we have on the installation, you know, like ACS, ASAP, SHARP, what have you. These are also resources out in the communities where our workforce lives. 
So if you're in Howard County, if you're in Prince George's County, you know, wherever you are, you can find resources for mm -hmm. where you need to go. You can find resources for yoga classes, for support groups, for mental health that you might want to get near home mm -hmm. and not necessarily get here on post. So a whole, the whole gamut of things, which I think is very unique. So it's, it's kind of our regional resources in one spot. I think that's pretty cool. And actually, the Fort Meade Alliance is all about that, too. I mean, yeah. it's one of the things that we liked as a company is that it is really focused on this region. Right. And that is where our customers are, our employees are. You know, it's it's about us. It's about mm -hmm. supporting right. each other. So, John, where where can we find the Resiliency Portal? Well, it's uh, it's actually available online. Uh, you can go there now. It's at ftmeadresiliency.org. And there are 12 kiosks that are going to be delivered, we now hear, by the end of this month, Janu yes. January 31st. Yes. We have been impacted by the supply chain issues, course, as yeah. anybody has. And there are, I, th I think, seven locations yeah. on, on the base have been chosen. And I think the idea is to install this kiosk. So there'll be stand-up kiosks like mm -hmm. you see in the mall where you can walk up to and find a clothing store or whatever. Yep. It will be the same kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think they want to put the seven in the designated locations and see how they work and then decide where the other five will go. Yep. So those seven locations. Well, uh, the seven locations, uh, see if I test my how well I've been working on this, Joe. <laughs> um, so there's going to be at the one stop, so right outside of the ID card office. Right. Uh, there will be one at the barracks. There will be one at Gaffney. There will be one at the exchange. There will be one at an NSA shop at. I'll see your... <laughs> I was trying not to cheat, and John just likes the John got a cheat He just sheet. like, yes. Yeah, yep. Here's the list. And then, yep, and then the um, Reese Crossing, Potomac, and Muse Forest, so those community centers. Yep. So in the neighborhoods where people are going to be um, the most. Mm -hmm. So actually, I was wrong. The barracks isn't getting one right away, but I think they're on the bigger list. That's so. good. That's good. Yep. So, yeah, so... Let me do that again. So that's the seven, the location. Since, yes. Since John, John, you know, did you cheat on tests in school slides and stuff like that? <laughs> it's an open book test. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so Pershing Hall, which right. is right outside the ID card office, the one stop, uh, the NSA Express shop at the USO Gaffney Fitness Center, and then the three uh, housing community centers. Uh, Reese Crossing, Potomac Place, Muse Forest. Assuming that we actually get them on the 31st, like we're supposed to, then, what, two, three weeks? So yeah. you should see them popping up around in February. Right. The goal right. is within two weeks after the vendor receives them. Fantastic. But we, we need to take some time to install the software. Of course. And yeah, of course. And, and I do want to say, too, so ftmeadresiliency.org. You've heard Joe and I uh, push that website before. What you see on that website and what you see on the kiosk are the same thing. So if right. you're in the shop at and you want to hit up the kiosk, great. But you can also hit it up at home and just go to the website as well. So lots of different ways to access the same information. And the content will be continually managed and updated by the Military and Family Committee right. of, of the Fort Meade Alliance. That's so that'll, that'll be an ongoing uh, project. Right. And there is a process for that <clears throat> to make sure that the resources that are getting put on the portal are good resources. 
um, legitimate resources right. and resources that we want associated and given to our, our families and service members. And Fort Meade, um, you know, we do have a hand in that. So, right. so it's not just, you know, you're not going to go on there and find all these for-profit things who just want to take your money and, and all that. There is a, there is a pretty extensive uh, process in place. So, um, and it's, it's been building, um, you know, over the past couple years, and the website is live. You can go right now mm-hmm. and check it out. Yeah, and I, I should also mention that um, Next Century became part of a large system integrator called CACI, and they will continue to support this, you know, from a software perspective, if, if that's needed. Awesome. Well, John, we already talked about when these mm-hmm. kiosks are going to get here, so I'm holding you. To February. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope to see him. We were hoping to see him by the end of this month, but we'll take February. Yeah. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. We can't control everything. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Any final thoughts um, on on the project, the kiosks? Um, You are also part of the the Fort Meade Alliance board. So the moment's yours. Well, I just I think we're we're all really excited about the Resiliency Center, and we're we're just thrilled that it's under construction and and that it will actually be opening its doors sometime this later this year. And uh, yeah, that's a long time coming, but uh, it is. It's it's um it it the alliance is doing things that matter, and and that's yeah. so it's such a great feeling to be part of such an organization like that. Yeah, they're doing things that that matter, and in in Fort Meade, we're very lucky to be the recipients of a lot yeah. of that really yeah. great work. Everything from our service member to our families to our kids up in in the uh, Meade schools. Yeah, yeah, and and by the way, you know, it's uh, as I think you mentioned, Sherry. It's not just for military. This kiosk, not just for military personnel, but it's for mm-hmm. government civilian people and contractors. So it's it's available mm-hmm. to anybody who has access to the the site or the thanks for tuning in remember you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram as well as itunes we're also on divotshub.net if you search fort mead declassified